Hello and welcome to another awesome episode of the Last Thing Podcast. I'm your co-host, Mr. Tuffy, and joining me is, of course, good old... Crown Walker. Shafiq. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice one. I think it has to be a little bit deeper. It has to be a b- little bit deeper. How's that? <laughs> so in case you couldn't tell from all the terrible impressions of Locust we're doing, we're going to hey. be talking a bit about a game that came out a couple of days ago, like a couple of hours ago, Gears Tactics. By the time this episode's out, the game's probably already out on Steam right now. We're going to be talking a bit about that and we're also going to be talking a bit about a particular spin-off from black desert shadow arena and it seems kind of fun so far but for now we're just going to talk a bit about some video game news here and there first so what's on the agenda shafiq well uh last of us two spoilers have been leaked and please proceed with caution when you're on the internet because apparently everybody dies nobody has a cure Everybody dies, life is terrible, and uh, Cordyceps zombies still live, yes. Obviously, we're making it up. It was just recently that they announced that the game was supposedly indefinitely delayed or just delayed, and then... Indefinitely, yes, because of logistic issues. Logistics issues? You mean nobody's getting paid? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much, pretty much that. Well, not the release date everybody's looking forward to is those Last of Us paychecks. When is that coming out? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I need to make sure those clear in from banks oh, and stuff. Oh man, remember Naughty Dog when they were like uh, one of those beloved Sony companies that can do no wrong? I think they still don't, I mean, they can do, they, they still are doing alright. Although their whole recent news about them overworking people to create Last of Us Part 2 kind of led to the leaks happening because there's rumours that this is actually done by a very disgruntled worker. Really? Yeah, yeah. Someone from the team, I guess an ex-member of the team, kind of leaked all of this, like little clips here and there. I think the question would be like, which one? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eh, I don't know. I mean, like, were you a fan of Last of Us Part 1? I definitely did enjoy the story and everything, but it's just sad that, you know, Naughty Dog had to do, or even PlayStation for that matter, had to do a lot of damage control following the leak, which is why they announced a day later, like the new dates, the new release dates for the games. Uh, Last of Us Part 2 is 19th June and Ghost of Tsushima is 17th July. I guess it's a way that they probably knew about the leaks during the weekend anyway, like a damage control thing. Yeah, so this is one way to get the buzz away from it. I don't know. It's uh, like basically pulling a Diablo 4. <laughs> in a way, in a way. Yes, yes. I don't know. Definitely. But I don't think I should, we should be holding Sony responsible for lack of payment to like those Last of Us developers and designers because it's like that's a naughty dog thing anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but well, what can you do? What can you say? Nice, nice. And speaking of other yeah. video game news, what a tangent that was. Yes, We have a Borderlands 3 with a new mini event coming out now as of this recording is probably already ongoing. Uh, yep, it yep, is the it's... Revenge of the Cartels. Uh, John, are you still on the BL3 train? Uh, it's actually the only game I've been playing outside of work because I don't know it's just really really fun but anyway this Revenge of the Cartels it's uh, the gist is basically you talk to this talking dinosaur Maurice you gotta settle his debts by killing a bunch of dudes and enemies on around the galaxy collect your code or whatnot and then you go to the actual location which is actually called the Villa Ultraviolet Villa, that's what they call it. And then you just basically go through, it's a little mini level with a big ass mansion, with an underground passageway, and then you fight a boss. But I think what all the B- the Borderlands fans are asking, is it an, are we finally going to get a new raid boss? Um, not so soon, because this is the update that actually introduces Mayhem 2.0, where you actually, instead of getting just four levels of Mayhem with random uh, modifiers, now you have 10 different Mayhem levels with 10 being the hardest. But I think what other Borderlands fans are really truly asking is, okay, have we increased Vault Space yet? Because <laughs> they've uh, They did already actually and it's and believe it or not it's still not enough. It's yeah. still not enough. We're, we're gonna ask yeah, yeah. like for all, I'm sorry Gearbox but if you're gonna release an update and if you're not gonna open up more Vault like slots for us right now we're still gonna keep complaining about that shit over and over again. They're doing it in increments, basically. So right now you have, uh, I think, 50 backspace, backspace now. And for bank, I think it's 300 or less than that. I'm not Still too sure. Still not enough. Because I would say Definitely. like the main problem Borderlands 3 is suffering from right now, as compared to Borderlands 2, right? Borderlands 2 is like there's very specific elite, uh, elite weapons that you definitely are going to be farming for. Whereas in Borderlands 3, because I would say it's, like, it's not a balance issue, but like everything is just nutso you know at this point of time and I think it hasn't really quite settled down on I would say premium builds right yet and I do appreciate the fact that Mayhem 2.0 is just adding a lot more random to the mix 
but I mean but it doesn't feel like they're really planning for the long game properly because like we're all waiting for Berlin's 3's version of like say Tiny Tina you know a nice oh right the DLC yeah. um well, I won't say the DLC that they have right now is bad, but it's not that level of Tiny Tina, you know, that level. Yeah. Where it's like the, the apex of it. But they're fun. I mean, the Hammerlock DLC is actually, the whole Cthulhu vibe and everything's kind of fun. The Handsome Jackpot is nice to actually hear Damien Hatfield's voice again. But in terms of weapons, yeah, uh, Mayhem 2 actually did in, does introduce like premium loot if you actually tackle certain bosses at um, Mayhem 8. To 10. I'm not saying I'm not enjoying it, but I'm just definitely saying like it still kind of lacks that certain X factor that Borderlands 2 had. Not so much like a, a problem with the game or the developers or like even the studio. It, it more or less feels like, you know how one, when something is done so well and you're just trying to make lightning strike twice and it's like, yeah, you're not quite hitting the same mark yet. It also kind of feels like there's a lot of stuff that they're doing right now to cater to like creating a new user base or a new audience like there's some things I wouldn't say it's dumbed down but it does feel like because you okay, can't okay. really get too nerdy with your builds it, it's, it, it doesn't quite it, because there's such an excess of guns and builds and all these other things right and then like the fact that Mayhem 2.0 is just literally random as fuck where it's like you, you can't build for it you just basically need to survive through it I'd say gameplay and mechanic wise it's really hard to go back to Borderlands 2 that's for sure However, I think the story still needs a lot of work. I think they already know this because the DLC so far has been, you know, putting some improvements, fleshing out some characters we like, especially with Hammerlock, Alistair, and even Tim the Doppelganger in the Handsome Jackpot DLC. But at the end of the day, yeah, it's still a halfway point. I, we cannot judge it fully yet because Borderlands 2 is already a complete game. And Borderlands 3, again, halfway point. We still got two more DLCs to go. Who knows, they might even have like a season 2 thing going on or more additions along the way because again, Gearbox are riding this sort of lightning where they kind of want to make things bigger and grander than what they used to do back in part 2. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, I'm definitely looking forward to... I'm, I'm not really looking forward to more mini-events. I think think of the mini-events as like a stopgap or the mini-events in the raids before the DLC expansion comes in, so... Yeah, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I mean... Borderlands 2 also had its like you know birthing problems when it came to like ramping up the difficulty like when True Vault Hunter mode came out like everybody had problems with that until they discovered like, like it really took a while for people to really figure out all the, the hacks and the basically like you know like how to one shot with Salvador which is basically like a Pimpernel and a Norfleet in the other hand yes <laughs> stuff yeah. like that people are, we're, we're, it, and I think maybe it's not so much Gearbox trying to curb that because they do realise that there's going to be the nerdiest of the nerdy out there yeah. but yeah so Borderlands 3 uh, it's nice to know that they're still pushing content out there and it's a, definitely a game like yeah it's one of our games of the years of last year and I, we, I think we would still recommend people like if you haven't got uh, jumped on the Borderlands train, you know, like hey, now is probably the best time because it's all chaos. So you're you're definitely gonna get your ass kicked and along with the rest of us. And I think there's also a Steam sale happening soon, like we mentioned. So mm. yeah, it might be on discount, half price. Who knows? I think there should be enough of a new segment right now, right? So maybe we should get on with it and go straight into our main topic. Yes, uh, yes. All the way from uh, which part of Asia is this again? <laughs> I was about to say uh, Korea. This is, uh, South Korea. Yeah, you're correct. <laughs> the first time, South Korea. We're going to be talking about uh, this game we tried out for a bit. It's actually a spin-off from Black Desert Online. It's called Shadow Arena. It's, uh, yeah, it's basically your Battle Royale um, third-person action game. You select a character, you get dropped into a random part of the map, and you survive. Be the last man standing. It's either single player, but I guess the whole kicker here is basically is using the same kind of methodology, methodology and attacking system from Black Desert Online. Like everyone has, everyone has their own spells, their own weapons, and this kind of mini mid-range base per se in terms of combat. And instead of collecting crates and whatnot, like in PUBG or Fortnite, you kill enemies to level up to get their, I guess their armor drops and whatnot, open up chests, and you kill like a Shadow Lord that's hiding somewhere on the map to actually get a bigger buff for your character. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's like, if you don't want to just go straight on with the PvP, at least there's other things to kill, so you don't feel like you need to be constantly hiding and fearful of like even more overpowered players, but... There's also a strategy to itself because if you do kill all these um, ads and all these other creep around, right? Like, yeah, you have a chance to drop better gear so you're more prepared for those mm -hmm. last man standing moments. Uh, 
overall, like I have not played Black Desert online. I am aware of its popularity. It's really huge here in Asia. And uh, like for me, I'm pretty much off the MMO train because you know what? I've had way too much time in World of Warcraft and other similar games to ever want to fall into that trap again. But I, d- I think this is like, I think Black Desert right now is like on the same level as Final Fantasy 14 right now. Hmm. Even if like it's been around, both games came out around this, I would say around the same time. Like FF14 was, the, the rebirth came out about 2014. Black Desert was 2015 and then they're just doing their own thing while getting their updates and the DLCs and the expansions and yeah. it's like on the top of everybody's list more or less if you're not playing Final Fantasy 14 you're probably playing WoW or you're playing Black, Black Desert online I mean that's particularly in Asia but I don't know if our like Western or US audiences will be able to relate to this because I think over on the other side of the planet it's like it's either Final Fantasy or Elder Scrolls Online because that game oh, is yeah, still right. I forgot. Elder Scrolls. That game yes. is still going strong. Also out in 2014, yes. yes. When it was a paid game, my god, that was a dumbass mistake. Dumb it's like Skyrim yeah. is not that good that people want to play a paid version of it. Exactly. Like a pay per yeah. month subscription version of it. But at least they wised up. I think a couple of years later, they made it free to play, and yeah, and it's still popular up till now. Which is something they release. Yeah. I wouldn't say they wised up because they did drop Fallout 76. <laughs> okay, I'm talking more like if they cared. Yeah, I guess so. Yes. Within the Elder Scrolls team, at least they were like, you know what? Yeah, maybe the free to play model should go. And it's literally like the guys over on the Fallout section of the office is like, you know what? We're gonna go and we're gonna charge like a hundred bucks for like the the prime like uh, what do you call the pre-order c- copy and people are gonna love it and that shit a bit <laughs> so hard because in my brain it's like I'm thinking like is the Elder Scrolls guys constantly walking past the the, the Fallout guys at the Bethesda office is like just yep They're hiding in shame told right? you <laughs> dude we ate shit why didn't you believe us <laughs> exactly and we yes. made Skyrim okay <laughs> yeah. But I will say this, uh, so back to Black Desert Online's uh, Shadow Arena. I don't know. Uh, I think it's way too early for us to give a proper review on this because when it comes into the the realm of what do you call battle royales, right? And I think this is still a closed beta game. So this game we, is still in closed beta. Yeah. You know, uh, shout outs to Pearl Abyss for giving us early access copies as well. You know, and I will say this. Uh, it does feel a lot like it's, it's definitely a lot of fun but it does feel like it's too early to tell because the meta has not been established yet because since it's in beta it's not very easy for us to judge the I would say the longevity of this game because it is thoroughly dependent on the other players in the game it's like imagine like you know asking us to review PUBG on day one like we don't know we don't know how people are going to react to this yeah, yeah, you gotta give it like maybe a couple of months or so, mm-hmm. see how this after the servers are repaired. Yeah, yeah, and it's like there's no single player story or there's no campaign mode for you to maybe like uh, I would say you know create builds and then like test things out because like this game literally throws you into the free, and if you have no experience with games like Black Desert Online, and I think I don't think it's too much of uh, I would say I don't think you need to really play Black Desert Online to truly appreciate what Shadow Arena is doing. But it also feels at the same time like Shadow Arena totally lacks, I would say, enough onboarding. You like, there's not enough moments for you to really truly learn characters and your game in a safe, out of the online environment. Yeah, you. The, the closest you can go to that is uh, when you first start the game. They actually send you to like the PVE section where you, where you and real people fight against AI before you go for like the hardcore PVP modes. Yeah. So that's the only safe space I guess you could try out because the AI is kind of dumb as bricks. Yeah, but then once you hit the PvP section, you're like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, that one is a trial by fire. That's a learning process, it's right? Definitely. I wouldn't say it has a steep learning curve, but I would say also like online is online. You know, there will. Actually, I gotta uh, gotta ask, what were what were you su- which characters would you suggest? I mean, because there are actually some easy characters from the top row, like Jordan and Yuonha to use. Would you agree those are beginner-friendly characters? I would definitely agree because it's like when I lo- look at the roster and like, okay, I, I definitely appreciate the Asian aesthetic. I do enjoy the character designs. But it's like, I have no previous history with this game. So like when it comes to the lore, I didn't know who I would like, you know, pick in terms of like character favorite. But it's like, I, I literally just picked the guy on the top and then just started playing with him. 
<laughs> I thought you picked the hot chick, but okay, sure. Pick the hot chick? Nah, I wonder. This is a PvP. Is like those. You you pick the guy who has the best stats. It's like okay, this guy's stats yeah. looks pretty solid, or it looks pretty balanced enough for me to do well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's it's a learning process. So like you know, when I was playing this game the first few times, it's um basically I just stuck with this. Uh, I, I don't even remember his name. What Jeddah is it? Uh, with the first character Jordan. Jordan. Is it? Yeah, sorry, my bad. Yeah, the guy who looks like Justin Bieber of armor and stuff. I did that not guy, make right? that connection. Justin Bieber with armor? <laughs> it does look a bit. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Yeah. Which version of Justin Bieber are we talking about? Baby Baby? Uh, like when we first started off. Yeah, yeah. Baby Baby. 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 Yes. <laughs> I don't see it. Okay, never mind. No, no. But uh, I was playing with... Uh, I guess like it took me a while to really figure out the mechanics and really figure out what it is I wanted to do with my character. And it didn't feel so much like it was dependent on the character I chose. Because it is kind of loot specific the way this game plays. Because um, I would say you, the first thing you need to do is definitely go out there and kill those ads and like you know see what kind of drops you get. And it's super luck of the draw, so there is that feeling of like it is. I won't say random, but it is extremely. Uh, it's balanced because it's unbalanced. You know what I mean? Like when it comes to battle royale, it's like you either get shit drops or you get good drops, and it's like you know it's always RNG. So like, you can't yeah, yeah. totally blame yourself or the enemy. And it's also at the same time, it feels like that's probably to me the one thing that I would say is not. I won't say frustrating, but it's like it's very hard for me to kind of lock on to what it is I exactly want to do in the game. You know, when it comes to like normal like battle royals, right? They always take on the shooter element, and the thing about yeah, the yeah. shooter element is like you can win with patience. Just take them out from a distance, stay hidden, you know, and and don't go like you know running into battle and getting your ass kicked. Okay, don't don't go out into the open and like be an idiot. Okay, you know that's how you survive games like, or even say in Fortnite, like you build that fort. You know, always keep on the move. You know. Whereas with this game, like, because it's a lot of melee combat, you need to get right up to those guys. And then, okay, we have to always preface like these kind of things, right? Because it's an online experience, right? Lag will happen, frame skips yes. will happen, frame drops will happen. Uh, there's a little bit of teleporting, especially when you see people connecting with low-level connections. Yeah, I remember fighting against a lot of people who are using the samurai girl, the Haru, because she just runs around, teleports. It's like, is that actual teleporting happening or is it just lag happening? Or is it's it really hard to or tell? Or is it both and then you're fucked? <laughs> yes. So I would say this is like, especially when it comes to, uh, like when you say you're going to play a melee game, right? And the thing is, you, I kind of have to have the, the, mental, the, the mental mode of like, okay, I need to approach this like a fighting game. Where it's like, okay, mm. what is my striking distance? Like, what is my, uh, what what are the active frames? What are the, I would say the non-active frames. I don't know. Oh, if there, are there any invincible frames? Can I dodge parry and whatever? Right? And it's like, again, I agree with you. It's super trial by fire. You go in there, you get your ass kicked. Okay, what worked? What didn't work? And then you learn from there. And then, then you get the random armor drops. Okay, uh, so apparently I'm more defensive now. And then all of a sudden you get like, you know, one shot by somebody's ulti. And it's like. Okay. <laughs> Whatever I was thinking I think totally doesn't matter. <laughs> there was a trick that worked when I was using Yuanhua. She actually has a counter move where she does a stance. Basically, I just walk up to one guy who's gonna, he looks like he's going to do a really long swing with one of his characters and I just press that stance. He gets stunned from there. But because of the whole lag nature and everything, they don't know how to can- when to cancel or what to do or whether to go forward or attack. So I kind of use that to my advantage. Yeah. And it, it, didn't, it didn't make me first place. But at least I managed to get in the top 10 or top 15 yeah. at the very least. I mean, I know what you mean because it's like when I was playing this game too, right? There's a lot of moments where it's like, okay, is this skill or is this lag tactics? You know what I mean? I guess it's a bit of both. <laughs> it's a bit of both. And then that's why I say it's like, it's very hard for me to equate this to other uh, like battle royals because those are shooters and shooters are, it's almost instant. Like the lag does play a part, but it's like less forgiving because you're not right up in their face. Because it's like if you miss your shot, like at least you're hidden or at least you're far away. Whereas in this one, yeah. right, if you miss your shot or, not, or like, like if you whiff something, right, oh shit, he's he's got he's, he's gonna eat a combo. <laughs> you're gonna eat something right now, and and it's like it's even worse. It's like when you run towards somebody and there's a lot of shit going on on screen. There's a lot of particle effects, and like okay, uh. You know, it's five steps till I'm face to face with this guy, and then he suddenly just like teleports to the front of you, and he's already hitting you. It's like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So it's like, okay, and I'm not blaming the game or the servers because it's still in beta ish. You know, 
Yeah, yeah, close beta. They're still probably and figuring plus, out that code. I have a feeling we might be finding people like not just in Singapore or Malaysia, but like no, I'm definitely probably the Philippines, getting, yeah. Korea, especially. I'm getting a lot of guys. No, no, America, America too. I almost forgot. No, yeah. yeah, it's international. There's people from all over the world. Like I, I've, I've heard like you know, uh, I've seen people like with pings of like 200, 300. It's like okay, where are these guys connecting from? Yeah. So it's like. I would say it's very hard for us to gauge it's very hard for me I'm sorry like uh, I'll speak for myself I say it's very hard for me to really gauge like uh, the quality of this game because there's so many factors that are not necessarily detrimental but there's so many factors that are definitely I need to take into consideration to uh, totally quantify my level of enjoyment but I also agree with the fact that yeah, sometimes leg tactics work to your advantage. <laughs> if this guy has le- or like you know higher ping than you, it's like oh boy, you're you're in trouble. I don't know, yeah. but like I would say, there's a lot of potential, and I do enjoy the fact that you know it's a it's a fresh take on the battle royale genre, because it's like you know I would say it is the true like uh, opposite, where it's like all battle royals are focusing on being shooters and playing distance games, or if you like say consider Fortnite where it's a bit more hectic and a bit more runaround whereas mm. this one is like no 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 if you wanna survive you gotta get right into the fight you gotta go and you know get your hands dirty basically you gotta I mean when the black mist circle starts closing in you gotta get closer and closer it's gonna be like it kinda reminds you of uh, yeah there's the segment of Bleeding Edge combined with Anarchy Reigns except with Korean handsome people fighting and killing Korean each other handsome. the same arena <laughs> Yeah, you notice like Black Desert, every other Korean MMO will always have like that look of character look and everything. Yeah, I know. Not quite, I know not quite Chinese about. MMOs, but more high polish per se. And less body armor. Let's just say the Asian aesthetic. Come on. Yes, I the think Asian when aesthetic, we say the Asian yes. aesthetic, everybody knows exactly like, okay, uh, does that hair gel count as armor? <laughs> <laughs> that's not a helmet, that's a hairstyle. Anyway, yes. uh, but yeah, I, mean, I like the fact that you also brought up Bleeding Edge because to me, Bleeding Edge also kind of felt like this game has so much potential but it doesn't do enough. Whereas something like Shadow Arena, it, like, it does enough but there's so much like, you know, other factors where it's very hard for me to truly say like, okay, I'm truly enjoying myself because it's like when something's online, it's online. <laughs> No? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. That's the caveat. Is like, uh, when it comes to the online melee game, right? Like, Bleeding Edge does suffer from lag issues, and the thing is, the lag issues does feel detrimental to the game. Whereas something like Shadow Arena is like, oh, you can use it to your advantage. <laughs> but at the same time, um, I guess the whole, yeah, I think that the whole uh, network thing needs, needs to be fixed per se because at the end of the day, Shadow Arena with its melee-based combat still needs like, you need to actually count your frames and make sure they're proper and whatnot to keep fighting. And I guess accuracy is a, is the issue is the issue that Pearl Abyss needs to fix. Like hopefully we can have like a Southeast Asia server version of the game so that Asians can play it without this fear allevi- alleviating us. I guess so, but I think especially since we are in coronavirus times right now, do you think it's quite feasible right now to go and deploy another server? Uh, maybe not, not right now, probably yeah. in a couple of, after this whole thing tides over. But I guess like, you know, it is a beta and like whatever they're doing right now by allowing everybody to just jump in right now, I mean, this is all the necessary data they need to probably fix the netcode and it's like, we're not reviewing this full full because it's technically not a full game released out now, but it's going to be yeah. like a, maybe mid 2020 it's gonna be and it's free to play so i definitely yeah. understand like uh it's it's too early for us to tell i'm, I'm having fun don't get me wrong it's like this game is actually pretty nutso you know and it's like we just mentioned like in, in the earlier segment like we really have a lot of fun with like borderlands you know with the randomness but uh I don't, do you want to i also want to kind of touch on like if this is going to be free to play right so what is the thing that we have to pay for. What is the in-game thing? I'm guessing costumes for this part. I actually did not ask the question. It's hopefully aesthetics. Hopefully. You know, like maybe you want Jordan or you want um, Haru to dress up like clowns or some shit. So maybe there's that. You think they're going to do the Fortnite sword? Uh, yeah, most likely. I mean, that's what sells in Fortnite, so yeah. sure. Like, can I also correct myself? I keep always mentioning, like, oh, it's going to Fortnite. Rock. Team Fortress did this way back in the day where they convinced yeah. the entire population to buy hats. To buy hats. <laughs> <laughs> like, lots and lots of hats. Goddamn, that worked. 
Yeah, yeah. And it's just Epic Games just learning from the best to make it your Ooh, own. There you go. <laughs> learning from the best. You know what they also could learn? Adding achievements and a shopping cart, goddammit. <laughs> shots nice fired. Nice <laughs> no, no shots fired. <laughs> this is a melee game. Yeah. Okay, but uh, I would say Shadow Arena, uh, I would recommend. I would recommend because the thing is, the more people who get on this, the more data this game gets. And it has full potential. And I would think it is extremely necessary for the battle royale genre to be experimenting with other game modes. True that. You know what I mean? Because like we can't have another battle royale shooter. You know, that's enough of those. We need something a little different. But, you know, using mechanics that an MMO company or a fighting game company would be used to. And just built that around the battle arena but sorry the battle royale system mm. yeah you heard that bleeding edge <laughs> yep yep no, but bleeding edge. i think that i think i think ninja theory might go that route in a couple uh maybe a year or so they need to plan they need to make the we should do another follow-up on the bleeding edge the thing is that the game has so much potential and i did enjoy it when it was when it first came out right but yeah so i don't know uh, we have yet to really decide what the games of the years or the games of the mid years are for us right now because for me yeah. Uh, it's still Ori. Ori is the best game this year. <laughs> I, I, I might put Final Fantasy VII Remake. I, I'm actually finding more things to love about that game. Really? <laughs> Even after I finish it. I don't know. I mean, I think for me, also biggest disappointment is so far Resident Evil 3. Like, uh, uh, You know, you're kind of... You're not hitting the right marks. But then again, you know, I mean, this has been quite a stellar opening year for 2020 in terms of video games. And there's a PS5 coming, apparently. Yeah, so yeah. If it if things clear up, we might get it at the end of the year. Who yeah. knows? I don't know. I'm waiting for him to leak the actual price point. You know what I mean? Like you know, we're all yeah. very curious. It's like after coronavirus and staying indoors and playing video games, what do you need to do? Still stay indoors and play more video games. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, want to call it PS Five gets a, like, when it launches? I'm gonna say there's definitely gonna be a Horizon Zero Dawn Dawn Two. Because that's been kind uh, of hinted actually, at. Actually, yeah, there's actually been kind of leaked because I think Guerrilla Games did post up something on Twitter about job opportunities and then they took it down straight away. <laughs> so it's definitely a se- it's definitely a game that happens between part one and part two and a part two. It's going to be PlayStation 5 and that's all I know. That's all. Yeah, and let's let's just say, for, of course, there's going to be a God of War 5, but I don't think it's going to come out uh, during a launch period. It's going to definitely come out mid-period. Give it like a year or two. Let the launch games. It's probably gonna be Horizon Zero Dawn two or Spider Man. Like those two. Like those. They. I think Sony is killing it with exclusives, and literally is like as much as I'm not looking forward to another console generation, but I am definitely looking forward to the fact that if Sony decided to just make sequels to the, all their original IP, for the next console generation, PS Five is already the console to buy. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean. Because it's like in terms of Xbox One, right? So Gears of War Tactics. <laughs> yes, <laughs> good save, good save. That's the segue. I'm sorry. Speaking yeah. of games trying something different, I would say. Mm-hmm. So there's a new Gears game, and it's not a shooter. John. Yes, yes. Initial all right, impressions. So, all right. So Gears Tactics, as we've played for the past thirty hours, when we got the code and everything for the week is a strategy title in the veins of uh, of XCOM, where it's like squad-based. You get to control ca- characters put turn to fight against the Locust Horde. But in this case, instead of using a tile-based system, it's now using a very free-form and flexible uh, movement system where you move by clicks, if that's even the correct word. Or, you know, you, you, you basically, uh, each character has like three uh, action points Dude, relax. to move around. Let's just say it's a turn-based strategy game. Okay, all and right, it's tactical right, yes. and it's based on action points. For all you fans yes, yes. of XCOM, you know exactly what you're looking forward to, but it does things slightly different because we have uh, gears and we also have a very refreshing take on the movement system because uh, they're not following XCOM totally. And I think that's probably the, the one thing people are going to ask. And that's the, the question we have to answer right now. Is this just basically XCOG? You know, and it's not. Oh, no, it is, it not. is not. It is it not. It is actually... Uh, speaking of refreshing takes on a, a genre that is popular, and I don't know if XCOM is a genre because it's the only game of its kind. The only thing I can think of is all those really... I mean, you got the base building, you got the squad management, you got the turn-based combat. Gears definitely is turn-based combat yeah. all the way through. I mean, I would say also this, right? What is the other competitor to XCOM that's hot right now? 
off the top of your head. Yeah, <laughs> I want to say Phoenix Point, but I don't know if people actually liked that game last year. And I want to so. say like maybe all those uh, Warhammer strategy tile-based turn-based games like Space Hulk. It's like, mm-hmm. not really. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not quite, not because quite. XCOM is quite a breed of its own. It is it's not its quite own genre. X, yeah. yeah, but it's not quite a strat- uh, squad-based true uh, act, uh turn-based game yeah i would say this uh, but yeah it's under the, the tactical strategy game and i would say it is turn-based uh gears of war tactics i would say it doesn't rip off it does pay i won't say even pay much it does gears of war does its best to maybe step away from expectations by doing its own thing and doing it very well it's getting inspiration from a lot of games, especially XCOM, but it does its own thing. Like we said, the movement system is not tile-based. It is like, basically, you got action points. You move a certain distance, you use that one action point. Yeah. But because of the cover-based system that Gears is known for, they give you a bit of leeway when you're trying to get to cover. So let's just say you use one action point and a little bit, if you move a little bit more, it counts as two points. But if you get to cover, just nearby, like at just one yeah, or two inches, I think it counts as one AP point already. I mean, like you get to move in a radius as opposed to yes. moving, you know, in like in tiles, and uh, you have the options to mantle over uh, chest high objects. Like you can climb ladders, which is nice. And you can climb yeah. ladders because there's a certain amount of verticality in here, which I thoroughly enjoy because, especially when you play certain defense-based missions, and you have yeah. a, a proper sniper stacked up, right? Oh gosh, uh, but I would say. Um, yeah, I love the movement system and the mantling and the, I would say, uh, because it is a Gears game, right? My initial uh, instinct, right, is to always stay in cover because I think that's what makes this game totally different. And I also like the fact that, you know, if you find a piece of cover slightly outside of range, but if you can lock onto it, like, you know, you you find little ways to extend your movement. Yeah, yeah. You want to actually do the Velcro thing like in the past games. Yeah, it's like you're thinking to yourself, is like, okay, I can, like, I want to hit that area right now and I don't have enough action points to cover that distance. But if I, like, you know, stick to cover, like, maybe along this, like, wall that's nearby, it's like, oh, I actually get a little bit more distance. So it's like, mm. yeah. Uh, but uh, the movement is totally different. Uh, the, the gameplay, I would say, is very similar to XCOM, but it does its own thing. And I think. It would also. I do enjoy that it plays also with the action point system because there are certain characters and certain weapons and certain uh, I would say skills. Uh, skills and passives. Yeah, yeah, you know that actually allow you to uh, increase AP, decrease AP, or you can even have uh, support characters give AP to other characters, and that's the strategy. Uh, don't forget executions as well. That also is a very important part. Mm, yes, too. yes. The, the executions are intact. You know, if you want to chainsaw through somebody who's been down, you know, sure. Yep, it's still in there. Like all the gore and all the, the the glitz that you're familiar with when it comes to the Gears of War games, right? Like, yeah, it's all there. They they, they didn't nerf it or like make it less boring. In fact, it's actually a little more important, definitely more important here because when you do the execution, um, every other squad member in your team gets one extra AP, mm-hmm. no matter where they're standing at. I agree. So that means more AP that you kind of have to conserve to make the most out of your turn before more enemies popping up from one corner of the map or another or even an e-hole pop- popping up. Emergence hole. <laughs> yeah, e-holes. Just they call case. it e-holes. Yeah. Uh, okay. E-holes. Yeah. Speaking of e-holes, uh, here I am again. <laughs> no, but... Uh, I don't know. Like, what do you think? Do you think that Gears Tactics does enough? Because when it has a title like Tactics, right, the first thing that comes to my mind is like, oh, is it like Final Fantasy Tactics or something similar to Advance Wars, which is the basis for a lot of these kind of games? And it's not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not. not no, that, that's why it felt strange to me when they call it Gears of Wars Tactics. It's like, really? W- w- what are we aping here? But it's like, I mean. Uh, but the customization bit, especially when it comes to your squad members, actually does take some influence from other RPG tactic games like uh, I mentioned FF Tactics. Because uh, when you have. Okay, each of the soldiers have different classes Vanguard, Sniper, Scout, Heavy, and Support. And each of them have four different skill tree branches you can 
go off to like if you want like let's bring up the sniper your favorite oh yeah if you want her if you want her or him to actually do continuous shots in a single turn you go for the hunter route if you want to just have a one hit kill kind of character you, you go also, the marksman route no you also go for the hunter route come on <laughs> yeah yeah but the marksman actually there's some people actually use that too like they want like criticals basically yeah true but I mean I would say uh, okay I don't know here, here's a hot tip here from the last game podcast right if you're gonna pick a sniper class just go the, the hunter route because you would I would rather you have more AP and you can stack critical that way rather than you always depend on critical because there are not there's not enough drops or weapons or gear that actually increase crit chance Ah, uh, yes. Because yes. your crit chance, like I've never gone beyond maybe uh, I've I've gone as close as thirty percent. So it's like one out of every three hits is a crit hit, you know. But it's like okay, you can stack your crit as much as you want. But if you like only hit like the critical every third shot, and then you don't have enough AP to do the third shot plus reload, like yeah. okay, that's kind of a waste of time. But if you go through the the what do you call the the other mode. Oh, I mean the marksman, is it? No, no, no the other one. Uh, if you go through the, what's it called? Hunter. Uh, uh, the hunter. We talk about the hunter tree. That sniper. You got hunter, marksman. I think there was assassin at the bottom too. So and then I'm not sure the, what the last one is. Uh, but like the, the the top right. So when you're going for that route. Oh, top right is hunter. Yes, yeah, so, top right is hunter. So when you go for the hunter route, right, where you maximize AP, right. Yeah. So instead of like. You only have like say three bullets per sniper rifle, right? So if, if you miss the third shot, that's you're fucked. That's your turn is over. Then you have to always roll the dice on whether your third shot will be the crit hit. But if you have a ch- chain shot plus a master sh- ma- ma- what master shot, right? Uh, I think it's a ultra ultimate shot. Master, I believe uh, something like ultimate ma- whatever. Right? And when you go that tree, and then you can stack up. I, I stacked up at least like 7 to 9 AP with one character and if you have two support characters okay, if you have Gabe and you have like another support character randomly and you're just giving your sniper like AP points right you can just continuously clear the yeah, entire map yeah your sniper is gonna be like the brunt of the attack more or less yeah and we haven't even mentioned the part that elevation does help with criticals and uh, accuracy yeah. you put a sniper at a perch yeah she's gonna do a job killing everybody and it will always hit and it will, and it will hurt really hard the, I played a mission where I unlocked this uh, legendary bolt and then like that bolt is like it adds even more crit damage so it's like you'll see hell yeah like when you hover over an enemy and then they show you pro- the, the possible damage but then you just end up one-shotting everything <laughs> yes you, uh, you want to use the one of the chain shots or something to down like you just want to use your regular shot to down the opponent but it ends up killing him instead yeah so. and it is it like and it downs the opponent then like okay so you, you maybe you have another like a uh, piece of item okay you have another item that adds like one more magazine shot right and yeah. it's like okay I have nine shots and then like if you get the sh- if you get the the skill where if you kill an enemy and it just automatically reloads you're definitely yeah yeah that's the fast fingers <laughs> yes fast fingers the fast fingers yeah. skill right is like to me okay I'm not gonna say it's broken sniper is a little bit overpowered and yeah. I would say please don't fix it it's actually extremely fun because then it's you do the mathematics fun. to stack up all these AP points for your sniper and then comes the bullshit bosses <laughs> ah yes yes because it's yeah so we get to fight a uh, brumac and a corpse uh, popular monsters from the Gears of War franchise. Yeah, who else are you going to do? <laughs> yep. And they're actually, the stages themselves, they're actually kind of fun, if pretty challenging. I believe you had quite a harrowing experience fighting as a corpser. Yeah, the corpser was definitely, I think it's because it has this bullshit, okay, I played it on, uh, I don't know, the, the, the one above the medium level. Uh, oh, that's, uh, I think it's uh, hard. I think uh, so the, hard, the equivalent of hard. Yeah, one of the harder levels. Like, I didn't start on normal, right? And the corpser is basically, uh, so the corpser is the second boss fight, and uh, I have to, I have to say it's one of the most annoying uh, boss fights I had in a while. And I'm not saying it's difficult; I'm saying it's annoying because it has basically uh, three modes of attack. One is like it can slam the ground. So what it does, it it paints the floor red. So if your uh, gear is standing anywhere in the red area, you get one shotted, you die. <laughs> okay. And, and the fact the thing is right even though it doesn't have a tile based system if you even stand near it you know and then like maybe a little bit of your I would say your pedestal your circle underneath your feet is just touching it you also get damaged by it 
So like okay, I call bullshit there. Secondly, it has fucking enemy drops and emergence holes. Yes. And the thing is, right, when it paints the floor red, like literally one third of the map is unaccessible. And usually it paints the areas where you have cover. And once fucking boomers start popping up and then they pop up two Ooh. at a time, and you're thinking to yourself, like, okay, this is just unfair for the sake of being unfair. And the thing is, like, I think one of the things that I dislike about this game, and I'm, and I'm saying that it's. I mean, I do enjoy challenge. In fact, Last King fans, that's all I keep talking about is this game challenging. But I also point out when something is totally bullshit, when the boomer can take fucking 10 steps right into your face and just, like, you know, boom right into front, like, it just blow you away. And it's like, okay. And it has splash damage. Yes, so when you're doing splash like, damage. When you're doing the copse battle and then you have no choice but then, like, to have all your gears take cover behind one crate and then he can just walk around it and, like, one shot all three at the same time. It's like, all right. Okay, so I see the... I wouldn't say it's a challenge problem. I wouldn't say it's a difficulty problem. I would say like, okay, there's a few design problems when it comes to the gameplay here. Mm-hmm. Especially is like, because you can't totally gauge how close they can get up to you. Especially, uh, what do you call those little guys who scurry around and walk? Not the tickers. Uh, the wretches, was it? Yeah, the wretches. Okay, so like when you have wretches who can like literally run and jump over things and they just like end up right next to you. It's like, how, how does it travel so far? Uh, you know what I mean? Like you, it's like it. Sometimes it feels like okay, I'm out of range, and then the next thing you know is like, wait, it's right in front of me now. Come on, you know I have. It did. I'll be honest. It did take me longer than usual to f- kill the bosses. It's because of the e holes that pop up and the enemies that pop yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. Right. Kind of have to focus on those dudes while avoiding the red tiles. So, yeah. And it, but a uh, plus point is the corpser releases proximity mines that also kills an enemy. That also kills enemies yeah, too if you make you them walk onto it. bullshit moments where like you have two spawn right next to you. And it's like, okay, I can't <laughs> turn here, I can't turn there. Okay, and uh. even better when one of those motherfucking, uh, like, you know, uh, Lucas has you in Overwatch and it's like, I literally can't do anything with this character right now. Ah, uh, yes, yes, that also gets tough. And the thing is, I right, think I was lucky I got a, I got something for Sid where basically he can, he takes 50% less damage when he walks through Overwatch, so... That also kind of helped with some of my battles. Uh, yeah, like the only way for me to beat the corpser was literally when I discovered the the hunter tree for the sniper. Oh yes. So the combo I just basically system. stood on the, the middle platform, and the thing yep. is, like the corps the the corpser seldom paints the sec the middle section red. It always does the diagonal, like a big V or a wider V. Mm-hmm. So if you kind of stay in the center, you're open to attack from everybody. But the thing is, you are the one sniper who is taking care of business left right. So it's yeah. basically my my tactic was a heavy guy on the right because the, the on the right it has less cover but the heavy guy can definitely handle himself he can tank it up over there and on the left side is basically I had two vanguards to kind of like spend AP points for my sniper and that's mm-hmm. the only way I could clear the corpse battle without really tearing my hair out because uh. it's like at that point in time it's like okay I, I didn't know whether this was uh I would say optimized tactics and then came when you played the rest of the game after that it's like oh now, now it's way too easy <laughs> I made my sniper way too powerful hey fair enough you gotta at least in your squad you gotta at least have one OP person anyway in the you team. gotta have one OP person yeah there yeah. you go uh, but I would say this uh, but I think that's what I enjoyed about it because it's like if you also paid attention to when we were talking about Worldlands 2 right I like it when I get overpowered I like it when I figure out the mathematics and then like you put things together and it's like oh then you create that team synergy it's like yeah, okay, yep, yep. I'm pretty much unstoppable now and there are also other missions that actually make you want to change up your uh, playstyle and your squad. Like the defense missions where you actually have two supply areas, you gotta have to stay there. I don't enjoy those I at all. I just bring two heavies. <laughs> no, I mean, the only way to get through that is like, eh, just bring two heavies, you'll be fine. Or one and then sniper. let the other dudes, like a scout or a vanguard, just circle the area, or even a sniper, to make sure the, the areas that the heavy cannot touch they can be get covered by the sniper or the scout. Yeah, I mean, like, there's a, there's definitely a defense mission where you're only allowed to bring two characters, so I just brought two snipers. Oh, yes, yes. That's, so those are the tougher missions, the ones where you only can bring one or two characters, max. Yeah, like, even, like, the, the bullshit rescue mission where you need to go to those, like, uh, I would say those Iron Maidens to release other cogs, right? Just, oh, yeah, the kill box, yeah. I just brought snipers. <laughs> I just brought a sniper, took yeah. out people from a distance, got in there, opened up the other gear, put the other gear... Make the other gear kind of like the decoy. You run in front and then the sniper will just cover you from the back. It's like, 
don't know. Yeah, that usually works. I tried to play it a little different. I just brought a scout instead because she can go invisible any bloody time she wants. Um, I made a mistake of actually opening up a kill box with a heavy first because heavies are slow. I cannot have her catching up with me. And I had to restart the mission and open up the other kill box on the other end of the map, which opens up a scout. So actually that made life easier in the end. Because hmm. of, you know, going to the water end, be invisible, avoid characters. Because you don't have to kill everyone on the map. You can just basically escape after you collected two of your, you know, prisoners. Yeah. So, I mean, last game fans, we're actually having a ton of fun with this game. And we are yeah. pleasantly surprised. I wouldn't say we are overwhelmingly surprised. And I think we didn't have high expectations or low expectations. I think we came Actually, in no expectations at all. You had no expectations? No, I was like, ah, it's going to be a game. Ah, sure, why it's not, right? It's going to be a game. <laughs> yeah, and then when I played it, it's like, yeah, I cannot stop playing this. Every match, no matter like if it's 30 minutes or 45 minutes, I'm having fun just customizing these guys. I'm, I'm having fun like changing the weapon mods, trying to get like the gold or the purple gear, yeah. or even just turning... Um, what's that? Uh, Gabe Diaz's armor like pink and red all over. Like being, making my squad as garish in the battlefield as possible. No, no, no. I totally agree with that tactic because the thing is, right, it is the, the greatest aesthetic where it's all just brown and muddy and dark. Yes. Right? So yep. that's what I also did. So like, so I can recognize that maybe if I have two scouts on the, on the battlefield, which one is which? It's like, okay, here's the pink one and here's the bright yellow one. Yeah, Power Ranger <laughs> Scouts. Yes, that's awesome. And it, it, it totally makes visual sense because then you like you you don't have to second guess. Okay, which one is Gabe and which one's the other one, right? You just exactly. Like, yeah. You kind of need things like that. So I was like, I yeah. that it makes more sense here than it does in playing like maybe an online FPS game. It's like okay, I've got a bright pink costume. Nobody cares. Whereas this game is like so that you kind of stick out from the map a bit more. Like okay, so you can visually just zoom out and like look at your battlefield and like plan properly without having to click on things and like oh which one is this which one is that you know and do I have yeah, the range yeah. so uh, we are thoroughly enjoying it but it wouldn't be the last game podcast if we do not have nitpicks and I have one major nitpick uh, and it's something I find kind of annoying and I can't find a way to turn it off it might be in the settings it might not be maybe it's in the menu system and it's somewhere I can't find I don't like the fact that it auto targets for you oh I don't think they have an option for that so it's really bad that somehow when you press attack on your bottom uh, UI uh, menus, you end up targeting either an enemy close to you or any enemy that has a high percentage. Like, if you want to select it manually, you kind of have to do the twist and turn, turn the camera around, hmm. just to make sure to touch to click on that particular target you want. So, yeah, so it gets annoying. I mean, it, uh, it's even worse when you do the Copser boss battle and it just everybody just auto-targets the Copser. When you're yeah. trying to be tactical. Because it's such a huge target. So, of course, yeah. it's 100% hit, but it's like, <laughs> I'm trying to kill the thing that's overwatching my other team member right now. I'd, and then you have to go the whole rigmarole of like, okay, unselecting your action, re turning the map around all over again, and then clicking on the actual thing you want to hit. And uh, I would just say, it's just simple quality of life uh, improvement where like, can we not have auto-targeting? Let me decide who I want to shoot at. And I do know people are going to be screaming at us and say, no, 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 no. You don't choose the action. You choose the weapon and you click on your target before you hit attack, right? But yeah. also at the same time, it's like, uh, I have a certain play style and I read, uh, the thing is, is like, I'm left hand is on uh, definitely the WASD and like it's controlling the map and moving the map around and like twisting and turning and uh, zooming and zooming out. And I want everything to just be mouse. And I, th I don't know if it's also maybe like maybe it's a bit of console like this where it's like okay let, let's just auto target so like the, the guys playing on thumbsticks don't have to do too much mouse movement you know but I can't really tell because okay we're reviewing this both on PC okay we're, yeah, we're playing yeah. this off the Steam account and uh, okay that's just the and that's the thing that's the only nitpick I have everything else seems fine to me yeah and I have to say it's a pretty it's a pretty looking strategy game uh I mean, it's pretty ugly. <laughs> I mean, it's, a, it's a gears game. Yeah, the butt, uh, yeah, you got butt ugly monsters in gross detail. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. and I think is the, the gears of war aesthetic is thoroughly intact, and yeah. uh, you know it doesn't really add or subtract from the overall experience. But yeah, if you wanna be able to uh, play this game properly, you know, Power Rangers uh, cogs will always help. You know, <laughs> red. Yes, definitely. Bright pink, yellow, exceptional colors to help you stand out uh, from the rest of the city. Bright white, especially or bright, bright white. green. Yeah, with, yeah. and you get the chrome metallic like um, uh, metal, right? Like, oh, okay, there you go. Yeah. I know which one is which. Yes. Oh man. Uh, other than that, 
it's i mean it's definitely like a 40 hour game like it took me about maybe 10 hours per chapter and then they also and give that's you that's not all yeah oh yeah sorry you were saying there's a vanguard sorry a veteran mode right was it yeah there's also gonna... higher difficulties which i'm willing to uh, uh, I'm, I'm waiting to attempt but also like you know it's not just like chapter one one mission it's like each chapter has several acts and within each act you have maybe sometimes one mission with a couple of side missions so there's plenty of content and plenty of opportunities for you to be playing this game and it is going to take a chunk of your time and if you can be either the the guns are blazing kind or you can be the super strategic like you know every AP matters kind of guy there's several ways to play this game but it is definitely hours of fun this is definitely going to eat up a lot of your time out there yeah, yeah, and like we also kind of brought up, veteran mode is like after you finish the game, you get to keep playing like all the different like three side missions and then another main mission, and it keeps going on and on until you're basically bored of the game, and they always throw it. But of course, it's like procedural generated stuff and maps, so you see some familiar tile sets and familiar objectives here and there. But I believe the enemy placements and the enemy types They're will be different random. for yeah. different maps. Because yeah. I do remember reattempting a lot of missions and like things spawn differently, and then there's even yeah. I don't remember an e hole in this map. Oh wait, yeah, it is. Random. I don't remember three boomers popping out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> like one boomer and two tickets is enough, and then like another one yes. drops behind you. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> it is hectic and tense but yeah it can get very punishing too so I would say this uh, Gears of War Tactics it kind of hits it out of the park for me I, I think I am thoroughly enjoying this game uh, is it as good as XCOM no it's totally different it's it's own thing it's it's own thing this is yeah. more I mean there's no base building for one, for one thing mm-hmm. very squad oriented <laughs> We'll see, we'll, we'll see. see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes because I would, it would be kind of cool, right? Imagine if you can also include uh, abilities for you to cre- create elevation points for your sniper. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. Think of it this be way. Cool. You spend two AP points, then you like build like a mini tower for them to, like, like a crow's nest for them to shoot from. It's like, hmm. You know, the possibilities of the base that. building thing. Yeah, and then you get, the base gets invaded. Eh, actually, I see that happening. Yeah. Yeah. They can do get that for the sequel or an update. Or a DLC. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would say that Gears of War Tactics uh, is a very strong entry. I mean, it's a very strong first attempt by the Gears guy to do something out of their wheelhouse. And I think this is developed by uh, Splash Damage. They did a bunch of the enemy territory games back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quake, Quake Enemy Wars, I remember. Enemy Territory Quake, if I remember. Quake Wars, yeah. Those guys. Not that yeah, yeah. <laughs> They were okay. Yeah, but I'm glad that, you know, Splash Damage is still around and they're doing stuff like this. So, I mean, kudos. The major studio is The Coalition, right? Uh, in partnership with The Coalition, yes. Because okay. it's their IP. And I would say, yeah, it's uh, definitely surprisingly good. It's surprisingly good and I can't wait to see what else they do with the franchise. Now, I do have to answer the question, does it have multiplayer? Not for now. And I think it doesn't suffer from lack of multiplayer. Oh yeah, that's a lot to play through here. There's like, a lot of like said, content for you to go through, but I do also kind of feel like, well, this would be so much fun in co-op. Uh, not so much fun in competitive, you know what I mean? But definitely in co-op, it would be nice for you to be able to have like, especially... If you, if you can kind of rely on somebody to spend their own AP points, but it's also it will also be kind of weird because co-op uh, turn-based doesn't quite work because when one guy is playing, the other guy has just to watch. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It probably just... Well, in this day and age, everyone has handphones, smartphones, or second screen, <laughs> so you can probably just watch something while you're, while you're waiting for it to No, clear. you should be paying attention to the bell, dumbass. Like, hey! <laughs> that too. That too. Dude, revive me! Oh, wait, sorry. He yeah. puts on the phone and he forgets to, and he spends the wrong AP points, right? Yeah. But, hey, actually, you brought up a pretty cool idea. Maybe you, like, what do you want to see in, like, a DLC or a sequel? Maybe you want to touch upon that before we wrap up the show to a close? I would say this, right? I would love to play Gears of War Tactics, okay? And if nobody else has thought of this, I'm the first one. I shall lay all claim. I would like to see Gears of War Tactics from the locust point of view because I would like to be able to, like, manage a small team of, like, Theron guards and, like, you know, uh, basically, what do you call the the one who's, like, kind of a, a support, the Agnes, Icons? Oh, Cantus, Cantus. I'm sorry. Yeah, there you go. All the weird names that I ignore. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I would like to have like a Cantus like commander and then he's giving support to everybody, have a few Theron guards, 
you know like i would love a skill for the theron guard where he can bounce an arrow off a, a hard object onto a guy like a reflect shot or like something, a reflect right? shot like geometry you know or maybe he can shoot three <laughs> arrows at the same time or oh he, that'll be so cool you know what i mean it's <laughs> like it, it we have never had an opportunity especially within the gears franchise to have the point of view of the locus yeah and you know story-wise lore-wise uh this game has pretty much confirmed a fan theory that's been going on for the longest time actually it's, is... it's been kind of announced in the books also is like that the locus is this who cares about spoilers that the locus is a court creation like of course they have the exact same weapons <laughs> yeah yeah you know what i mean but it's like um I would like to see more of that actually and I would like to see uh, more throwback characters because I do know if you get the pre-order version you have Coltrane wait for the Marcus Phoenix the Dom Santiago the Baird so you can have your complete uh, all four <laughs> complete a Delta squad yeah you can get Delta that squad. collection all over again okay and of course if they do decide to pursue the, the Locust style DLC you know I would like to see an origin story for General Rum. Oh yes, that badass from the first game. The guy from the <laughs> first game, you know, I mean, and he's the one who who, who basically can control like the strike, like the 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 bats. The krill, the krill. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, okay, how did they, how did he do that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean? the goes through some training or something. I would say that you know, and like General Ram, yeah, it's probably one of the most memorable boss fights of all time. Yo, yeah. imagine this. Uh, if you can have in the prequel, probably Lieutenant Ram or something, right? Dude, or. I got it. It's like you know, you know how Coltrane, like the Vanguard, right? Yeah. Imagine a Berserker. Oh <laughs> yes. Oh okay. Like if anything Actually, is in that's a... the one thing I kind of wanted to fight in Gears Tactics, a Berserker. Like, how the hell are you gonna kill this dude? Like, who's gonna hold the Hammer of Dawn, right, or something? You know, be I mean? the most bullshit thing, right? If, if thing, you yeah. if you're if you're just within if you're out of cover and you're in a straight line and nothing is blocking your path, he just one it's hit. The death. He just one shots <laughs> you. It's like okay. Yeah. <laughs> That would be a fun fight and challenging too. Making him a boss fight, then you have to like run around her, a map. Her, her a boss fight, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, a berserkers are female. Yes, there you go. Yeah. Imagine like a berserker fight, and it's like you just have to run around, like this map with a lot of stairs and things to hide around. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like oh, even worse. Madness. Or I have this other idea where it's just like a long corridor, and then you have to spend the correct amount of action points to always be ahead of it. <laughs> yeah, that would be crazy. <laughs> it's like okay, this yeah. is kind of unfair right now. <laughs> Unfair, fun, gimmicky, but uh, whatever, it fits. You know? yeah, no, more stuff like that. And I would also like to see more variety in maps because I, as much as I appreciate some of the level designs, like, you know, I would like to have a map where it's on a moving map. Like, say, for example, like the train fight from Gears of War 2. Mm, yes, yes. Where you see, like, the background is constantly moving, but you're just fighting within, like, the confines of, like, a cargo train. So it's, like, instead of it being very wide, it's very long and narrow. So imagine like maybe they start from the front and you start from the back and you have to meet in the middle. Yeah, like limited space to move around but you yeah. get to use AP points to shoot things. So you, you can know. sneak around and then you have like maybe airborne like locusts at the side that you have to also take down. Or maybe Oh yeah, the reverse, the reverse. Yep. Yeah. Or even like environmental weapons like those turrets. It's like, oh hey, you can pick up yes. a turret. Like if you spend an a if you get to a turret, you get an extra AP point and then you can definitely like I would say shoot and then like you have to spend one AP point for it to not overheat. Uh, yes. I have so many ideas for a game. I'm thoroughly enjoying Gears of War Tactics, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's so yes, yeah, extremely recommended from me at least <laughs> here on the last game. Yeah. yeah. I definitely recommend this game, definitely, because again, a nice little spin on the Gears formula. Really fun tactics game. You get to customize your team however you see fit, depending on your skill trees and your classes. And yeah, this, hearing the Overwatch click never gets old. <laughs> never does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or the my favorite sound effect of all time is the splat of that melon splat from the head of a locust that you perfectly <laughs> snipe. Yeah. Still the most satisfying video game sound in a long time. I mean, yeah. that and getting like maybe the the star in Mario. <laughs> oh yes, yes. I don't know. So uh, heavily recommended by us here at the Last King Podcast. Gears of War Tactics. Get it. It's very rare for me to say this. Like to me, like Microsoft has been kind of hitting home runs with uh, Ori and with Gears Tactics. Is there anything else coming up from Microsoft coming up this um, year? I Xbox think Studios? Um, I think that's about it until the middle of the year. So yeah. we've got these two games for now. I mean, it's a really strong start, especially. And the thing is, like you know, I especially like the fact that oh, it's on Steam. It's on also on their Xbox uh, Marketplace platform. Uh, 
Yeah, man, this has been actually a pretty stellar year for video games, and the year isn't even halfway through yet. We've got yeah. Final Fantasy VII Remake, we have Gears Tactics, we have Ori and the uh, Will of the Wisps, Ghost of Tsushima is coming soon. Okay. Yeah, a couple of months, like we thought, what we said earlier. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, well, there you have it, fans. Uh, stay at home, don't go outside, social distancing. You're a nerd, you, you've been doing this your entire life. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you wash your hands too, so yeah. You wash your hands that. too. Yeah. <laughs> as, we, as we usually do in a circular yes. motion. All right, uh, but I think that's about it. That, that's been our episode, okay? So uh, stay indoors, stay safe, play more video games, okay? Avoid crowds, avoid people. Uh, hopefully this thing blows over really soon. As long as we do our best to flatten the curve, uh, we have a lot of ways to keep ourselves uh, distracted, entertained, and uh, positive during these tough times. So, uh, I am, of course, a groundwalker, Shafiq. <laughs> and this is, uh, yeah, Theron Guard, number 500, Mr. Toffee. <laughs> Signing out. <laughs> Good night.